Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Pump Fake, everybody. Jared Bailey with you. As always, good show today. Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles of SB Nation will join me. Talk some New Orleans Saints and NFC South. BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua joining me. We are T-minus one week from the NFL draft. He joins me to discuss his path to the NFL draft as well as his intricate college career. That's all coming up today on the Pump Fake. Thank you so much for being here. I do want to start with this, though, because there seems to be a growing group of people that are just discounting Josh Allen. I'm saying, oh, Josh Allen is, we've overrated Josh Allen. Which couldn't be further from the truth. And yes, the Buffalo Bills were the odds-on, everybody's favorite, to win the Super Bowl last year. And they fell short. The Buffalo Bills fell short. Not Josh Allen. Football's a team game. Okay? Yes, big news, by the way. Football is a team game. And people will point to their loss against the Cincinnati Bengals and say, oh, well, this automatically means that Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. And these are the stupidest arguments, by the way, when we talk about quarterbacks and how we rank them. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow do not play against one another. They play against the the opposing defenses. When the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers, no one in their right mind was saying, oh, this is all Patrick Mahomes. This is Patrick Mahomes' fault that they lost the Super Bowl. They Patrick Mahomes didn't get the job done. This isn't, you know, this isn't on everybody else. This is only solely on Patrick Mahomes. No, we looked at the context around it. We said, oh, yeah, the offensive line for the Chiefs during the Super Bowl was really bad. And outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, no one else in the Chiefs offense. Although, granted, those are two incredible weapons. At some point, you got to have somebody else stand up. And that Buccaneers defense was incredible. And just kept getting to Mahomes. And Brady and the Bucs played fantastic that day. We took everything in context and understood, oh, yeah, this isn't on Patrick Mahomes. They need to get him some protection and a defense that can play play better. So why is it that when we have these conversations about Josh Allen, we don't do the same thing? Like, let's look at what happened against the Bengals. Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, was under pressure a lot. Not just against the Bengals, but against the Dolphins. And yeah, he's going to get hit if he's under pressure. And he fumbled against the Dolphins. And everybody's saying, oh, this is on Josh Allen. I don't know 
why we can take two separate cases and look at them so differently. No one was saying, oh, well, I would take Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes today. He just won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes felt that they lost. No. Blank slate. Pick an entire team. If you could pick. And by the way, I don't want this to come across when I get even further into this. That I'm bashing Joe Burrow because I'm not. I love Joe Burrow. He just seems like the guy that everybody turns to when they say, oh, well, X player is better than Josh Allen. It's not even a question. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Joe Burrow. Let me just reiterate that. I love Joe Burrow. He is fantastic. He just seems to be the one that people turn to when, you know, saying, oh, well, I would rather have him over Josh Allen. He's better than Josh Allen. I personally just don't think that. I think Burrow's great. I think he's the third best quarterback in the game. I just think that Josh Allen is better. So let me just preface that. I am not bashing Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I just think that it's crazy to say, oh, well, this quarterback's team won. Therefore, that quarterback is better. Like nobody thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers could not get over the obstacle known as the San Francisco 49ers throughout the final years of his Packers tenure. No one was saying that Jimmy Garoppolo was better. No one was saying that Nick Foles was better than Brady when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like We need to just take a step back and look at the context of things. Now, is Josh Allen a perfect player? <laughs> no. Did he have a year this year that looked a little bit more like the old Josh Allen mixed in with the great Josh Allen? Yeah, he turned the ball over too much and he made some questionable throws throughout the season. Specifically against the Vikings in overtime and that crazy absurdity of a game. Did it against the Jets. Did it against Miami in the playoffs. Like, we understand these things. However, we've seen plenty of guys throw interceptions that were still fantastic. Peyton Manning threw a lot of interceptions throughout points of his career. He was still Peyton Manning. Brett Favre threw a ton of interceptions. Josh Allen, like if I had to take a blank slate, I'm taking Josh Allen over Brett Favre. I don't think that's too much of a debate, at least not to me. We need to just slow down on these impulsive takes that happen and occur after a big game. Is Joe Burrow fantastic? You bet your ass he's fantastic. But there is zero statistical evidence that say, yep, he's better than Josh Allen. Because Let's look at this. Because everybody's pointing to the playoff game. Let's look at the playoff totals between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Josh Allen has played in one more playoff game. He's played in eight compared to Joe Burrow's seven. Josh Allen is four and four in the playoffs. Joe Burrow is five and two. So let's address that real quick. One thing takes four and four to five and three for Josh Allen, and that's 13 seconds. That is credited to a loss in Josh Allen's playoff record. The fact that he took a lead with 13 seconds and the Bills defense was too incompetent to hold it, and he didn't see the ball again. 
and we're supposed to credit that against Josh Allen after the perfection of a performance that he put on against Patrick Mahomes that day. That goes against Josh Allen. Meanwhile, a performance like Joe Burrow had against the Tennessee Titans, where he was sacked a billion times, didn't have the best game, that's credited as a win for Joe Burrow. And by the way, in that game, we were more than willing to give the context for that. Oh my goodness, the Bengals offensive line is terrible. Joe Burrow doesn't have time to make plays. We were more than okay to give the context for that. But we can't do that for Josh Allen. Let's keep going down the playoff stats. Joe Burrow has a higher completion percentage. Sure, give him that. Touchdowns. Josh Allen has 17. Joe Burrow has 9. Passer rating. Josh Allen, 99.6. Joe Burrow, 93.8. Plus Josh Allen's ability to run the ball. He's got over 400 yards rushing and two more touchdowns. So 19 total touchdowns for for Josh Allen compared to 10 for Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Only one more game for Josh Allen. Remember that. Playoffs per game. Josh Allen is throwing roughly 30 more yards per game. About one more touchdown per game. All right, everybody, welcome to the Pump Fake. I'm Jared Bailey, joining you as always. And joining me to kick off the show, editor-in-chief of Canal Street Chronicles, Tina Howe. Hi, Tina, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you this evening? Um, I'm doing doing okay. It is, uh, it's getting warm in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm not very much a hot weather guy. Um, I see, are, you, are, are you a fan of the hot weather? I assume being... You know, down in New Orleans, you're a fan of of the hotter weather. I'm not a I'm not a fan, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> I uh, we live we live here. We adapt to it. It's it's not so much the heat here as it is. It's the humidity. It makes it much more uncomfortable. But I would take it rather than being you know trapped in snow. My mom was from New York, so I always heard mm. the horror stories. But I mean, you know, living here, it, you, it's a trade off for the weather with all the incredible food and events and things that we have. I wouldn't live anywhere else. <laughs> that's yeah i've not been to new orleans but it is a bucket list city and everybody that tell that's been there uh tells me it is fantastic and worth the trip so uh definitely I, I, it's I not a weekend trip though i'll let you know you can't come here for like a couple of days and expect to experience all the glory of new orleans it's uh, so just it's gotta be like a week-long thing i've lived here my whole life and there's still a lot of places that i haven't tried because i'm oh, wow. kind of i'm gonna admit i'm kind of a food snob so living <laughs> here so i have my you know, favorite places. And I, I will try new places, but it's like, you know, when you're in the mood for something and you're like, Oh, I want to eat steak or I want to eat seafood. You go to your favorite little places. And a lot of yeah. them are mom and pop places. And I love supporting those type of businesses here. So I tend to not get gravitate to the other, you know, big name restaurants. And then it's like, everybody's like, Oh, well, I'm coming in town. Have you been to commanders? Have you been here? Have you been there? And I'm like, um, yes, no, yes, no. I'm like, I, I like to frequent the other places, but yeah, it's definitely not a weekend trip here. Cause there's just so much to do there's never really a bad time to come here at all unless it's hurricane season and there's a storm coming then everybody's heading out of the city (laughs) well i will i will keep that in mind um somebody who's definitely not making it a weekend trip is new quarterback Derek carr um when when Derek carr signed with the saints i was pretty outspoken that i i didn't really get the signing kind of from both aspects really like 
I like Derek Carr, and I thought that, you know, a different spot would have been better for him. Um, when it comes to the Saints, I think that they've just been kind of convincing themselves that they're kind of still just a player or two away from being like true contenders. I don't personally see them as being in that spot. So that's where I kind of was on the signing. What, uh, how have you felt about Derek Carr as a new quarterback of the Saints? And where do you kind of put the state of the franchise as a whole right now? See, it's hard for me because I'm not your typical Saints fan. I've been around this franchise for so many years. I'm not one of those fans that jumped on board after 06. I mean, I remember the, you know, the baghead days and when we used to be able to get tickets off the street. So it's hard for me to say, looking at this team, because everybody seems to think, you know, they're thinking of the glory days of what we've had over the last 15 seasons with Sean and Drew. And 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 right. you just, that one-two combo of a coach and, and once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, you don't see that. So when, when obviously, Drew, we didn't have a contingency plan. We didn't plan very well. And then, of course, you know, Sean stepped away temporarily now that we can say that he stepped away temporarily. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had a contingency plan for that either. I think because – and I hate to say this, fans will, you know, probably throw something at me, but hey, it is what it is. I, I speak the truth. Dennis Allen was was the comfort zone. You know, he was he they wanted continuity and they got that with him. So when it came to the quarterback position, I'm still questioning a lot of their decisions because it doesn't make sense to me as somebody who covers the team, like what what are they thinking? And Derek Carr, he's he's a good quarterback. He's not Drew Brees. He's not going to be Drew Brees. We're never going to have it. it t- that's lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place usually. Yeah. Um, but like we had Jameis, and Jameis actually played well for us when he was healthy the first season, and then of course he got hurt. You know, there was a lot of expectations going into the season last year, and I myself on paper this team was very talented. I don't think anybody could have predicted what was going to happen last season, him getting hurt again, all the other injuries, yeah. you know, just the play calling, just the, everything was a mess. It took forever for the defense to, to start clicking. And, 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 and finally at the end of the season, you know, they were starting to, to show glimpses of who they were the season before. Andy Dalton was not the answer. We knew that there was a lot of issues with Andy behind center and fans didn't want him there. They wanted Jameis back. Now I, I will be the first to tell you, I don't know why. You know, Jameis said he could play. Jameis said he could go out there, and he wasn't out there. So I don't know if it was the truth of what Dennis Allen was telling us that, hey, you know, we're more comfortable with Andy. He's gotten chemistry with the players. Well, of course he's going to have chemistry because he was starting the entire time, you know, after Jameis got hurt. You never really gave Jameis a chance to get back out there. And then they, you know, we kind of expected Jameis to be gone. Um, just giving them, you know, talking to quarterbacks and then the rumors with Derek Carr and him coming here. And those rumors never really died down. You know, we were always the front runners. Of course, you know, they were talking about the Jets, but I mean, nobody wants to be a bridesmaid. You always want to be a bride. Right. So Derek Carr, after he was signed here, that was the first thing he said. He's like, I was immediately wanted in New Orleans. I knew that I was wanted. I was their first choice and I felt comfortable. And I, I was hesitant. I really was, I, I, you know, I'm just I, because I look at the bigger picture like, hey, you know, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes. You get this good quarterback. But I mean, if you don't play, if you don't call the right plays, it doesn't matter who you have, you know. And I'm like and and we all thought Dennis was going to be like, oh, and of course he stayed. But I'm a fair person. I feel like he had a lot of what would like he inherited Sean Payton's team. He didn't inherit you know, a, a blank, a, a blank slate, a clean slate. He inherited Sean Payton's team. 
this is his opportunity to bring in his guys, you know, do he wants to do make this Dennis Allen saint and he gets this shot. And I say this after the season, if things change and we see a lot of what we saw last season, then he needs to go. But I'm willing to give Derek Carr the chance because, I mean, he is a good quarterback. He's a good guy. He's got, you know, I've heard from the, the few friends that I had that are that were Raiders fans said, you know, he's he's a character guy. He's a team guy. He's a leader. He's well respected in the locker room. And he's a clutch quarterback. I mean, he's, you know, he's the call the comeback kid. And he's got like 28 games where he's come back and, you know, in, in the fourth quarter. So there are a lot of aspects there. And then people are saying, oh, you know, the similarities between him and Drew with the stats and stuff. But I mean, there's a difference. He's he's older than when Drew was here. And I mean, he's not Drew Brees. And you can't yeah. expect him to come in here and be Drew Brees. You know, the similarities stop at some point. But I do think he'll play well for us. It'll definitely be an improvement over Andy. And I think you know, what we saw with Jameis last season with the injury. I'm still questioning why Jameis Winston signed as a backup, though. <laughs> I find that very interesting. But, you know, hey, look, I'm a supporter of the team, and they know better. They're the ones who get paid the big money to scout these players. So, you know, Derek Carr it is. And, uh, you know, I just hope um, he finds some better places to go eat. <laughs> That's my one little knock on him so far. Yeah, first place he goes and eats when he comes here is, is Chipotle. But, hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're right off the interstate. It's not that far. So, we, you know, give him a pass. But he said I've done all the right things so far. So, you know, we'll see what happens week one. In terms of the rest of the NFC South, it I think it's widely regarded as the worst overall division in football right now, especially from a quarterback perspective where, you know, the, the Buccaneers right now are rolling with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. The the Falcons, you know, said no thank you to potentially pursuing Lamar Jackson and are sticking with Desmond Ritter. And then Carolina, you know, they bring in Andy Dalton as kind of this placeholder guy and are going to draft somebody else to be hopefully the future of their franchise. Um, in terms of the rest of the NFC South, outside of New Orleans, you know, there's no solidified quarterback position. But in terms of teams as a whole, uh, who do you view as the uh, the the favorite in the division? If it is New Orleans, who's kind of next in line behind them? I'd have to say the Panthers, but it all just depends on what happens, you know in the draft and in what player, what quarterback they actually draft. I mean, you could be a number one draft pick. You could be a first round draft pick and it doesn't mean it's gonna, you know, you're going to see results on the field immediately. So, you know, I don't think we, we did a poll actually a couple of weeks ago about this. I, I see it playing out as the saints, Carolina Falcons in the box. And that's how I think this division's going to, you know, wind up with us taking the division. And I mean, we had a chance to take it last year, even with all the complaints and you know the debacle that was last season, we had a chance to win the division last year, which just goes to show you how poor this division is. At one time, the NFC South was one of the most competitive and best divisions in the entire league, not just the conference, but the league. But now, I mean, you know, just like you said, given, you know, all the changes, you know, the Bucks. I mean... Y'all, everybody knew Brady was going to retire. And Panthers made the trade and got, you know, the, the, the number one pick now. So, you know, they're going quarterback. It's just a matter of who they're, who they're going to pick. But there's a lot of questions. I just, I, I think there there really are, and, and, and I take it with a grain of salt. I don't, I think they're our, our biggest competition, but I don't think they're that big of a competition for us. Because I just think the Saints have more talent. We just need to get healthy, you know. And if Derek Carr can come in here and, and, and you know, play, um, and if we can get Michael Thomas back on, on, on track too and get him healthy and back on the field, because there's a lot of questions a couple weeks ago, whether he was even going to be back in a Saints uniform, 
And we all know now that he, you know, he is returning. We just kind of, we got to see the Michael Thomas that we saw in 2019. Yeah. That's the thing with, you know, with a few guys on the roster, um, you know, Michael Thomas, obviously it's been an injury riddled last two or three years. Um, and it's a far cry from when he, you know, broke the, the NFL record for receptions in, in a season and Alvin Kamara dealing with all the things that he's dealing with this off season off the field. Um, yeah, I think that there is a lot of kind of underlying question marks with the Saints as well. Defensively, they were really good last year, um, kind of bolstered by, in my opinion, kind of bolstered a little bit by a weaker schedule. Um, what do you expect them to do in the draft when they're on the clock at number 29? Man, that's a loaded question. I just don't really know. I mean, we if you if you follow like, you know, some of the mock drives and, and some of the things that have been coming out, you know, we've got the Saints taking player, you know, a D lineman. We've got Saints playing, you know, taking a guard. We got Saints taking a wide receiver, running back, even quarterbacks. They've been meeting with quarterbacks. So I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I know what I would like them to do. I would like them to take a running back because I, like you just mentioned, I have concerns about Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's getting older, but I mean, he's got a looming suspension. That's, you know, it's going to probably be lengthy if not, depending on when they decide to, to issue the suspension and what he's looking at, um, you know, the, the, the good, uh, Goodell in, in New York has never been very favorable with the Saints with punishment. But, you know, I think we're going to see at least an eight-game suspension on Kamara. And Mark Ingram's a free agent currently. He's not back with the team. So I think they need to get somebody younger at that position. So I'd like to see them draft a running back. Um, but, I mean, they could very well go defense. I mean, we've, you know, we, there's a couple of positions on defense that we're looking at. Cam Jordan, who I love, you know, he's getting older. Demario Davis, he's getting older. Um, we lost a couple of key players in free agency on defense. So honestly, I mean, you just roll the dice. I have no clue what the Saints are going to do. I've been hearing all kinds of stuff. So the draft night's going to be fun. It's going to be a long wait, too, because we got to draft all the way down 29th. <laughs> Two weeks away from the NFL draft and very unpredictable for everybody, including the New Orleans Saints. Tina Howe, very nice talking to you. Uh, excited to see what stuff you put out. And uh, hopefully the Saints are, are fun for you to write about this year. Thank you for joining me today. And thanks for having me. Have a good evening. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Pump Fake. Joined now by BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua. What's going on, buddy? I know we've been doing this for like 40 minutes now. This is a little bit inside baseball for everybody. <laughs> good to see you. How are you? Life's good, man. I can't complain. It's a little chilly out here in Utah, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, we, we were talking about that. It's like almost 80 degrees uh, near Pittsburgh where I'm at, and you said you just had a snowstorm down, down where you're at. So polar opposites right now. Exactly. <laughs> for anybody listening to this as a podcast, and here's like a small jet engine in the background, that's because I don't have a, uh, an AC in this little little corner office part. So I'm keeping the fan on, and if, if it bothers you, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not turning it off. Um, so you became somebody that I put on my radar, um, during senior bowl week, you had a really big first day. Um, I know we didn't see you the rest of the week. Uh, turns out you had a concussion first day though, bud. I mean, you, you tore it up. Everybody was, you know, that I talked to was like, all right, who's this, this Puka Nakua kid from BYU. He's having a day. Um, just talk about that experience and being down there, um, with, you know, the best of the best of, uh, of your class. Yeah, uh, it was super fun. It was hot. I'd never really been down there to the, the <laughs> south, like uh, so. It, was, it actually made it more comfortable that it was like hot and like humid. Like the sun wasn't 
the sun was out for that first day of practice, which is like that's natural football environment. But it was a blast. I had the 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 lucky chance to get to trade with uh, Jay Kaner and Jaron was my yeah. BYU quarterback, obviously. So being able to work with those guys before we got out there to uh, be able to kind of build a little bit of a connection um, made it a lot easier to go out there in that week and feel comfortable. But then also just go out there and play football. Like that's where uh, that's where I feel most comfortable. That's where I thrive. That's what I've been doing since I was a little kid. So it was super fun to go out there and compete against everybody that you see on TV. I'm I, I, like you see everybody that playing on Saturday. So uh, to get, Put your skills to the test and put my skills to the test i feel like i was able to uh, leave like leave not how i wanted to because i got hurt but i felt sure. like i was i i felt very confident in my skills and it left me with things that i know i need to continue to work on so now you mentioned to me that you've been training with tj hushman zada throughout this draft process and whatnot uh what was it like to work with tj throughout you know the last few months and whatnot tj he's hilarious he's a man he's he's got a like a very solid routine he fully like uh, he's we. I got to work with Mike Wilson, uh, Michael Wilson, who's a, a Stanford receiver, who's somebody uh, who I, I I didn't really know in the college game, and what, until the, we got to train together, I got, I loved the way Mike moved. He's so uh, efficient and explosive at the line of scrimmage, so that's something I knew I needed to work on. So being able to watch somebody who's been doing the stuff that TJ has been teaching for a while was uh, made it easier for me to trust to trust TJ but then also like when I got out to the senior bowl like uh, everything was the, the proof was in the pudding Mike was one of the best receivers out there and I feel like when I was out there I was able to prove myself as one of the best receivers so everything that we were doing from the footwork to the releases to at the top of the breaks uh, like our stretching and the mobility work we would do like everything it just all added up so it made it super easy to feel comfortable out there playing football. Yeah, in the last two years of your college career spent at BYU, the first two at Washington. Um, take me through, you know, the, the transfer process of why not going from Washington to BYU and how well you adapted. Uh, yeah, my first two years up at Washington were, were a blast. Like, I had Coach Peterson there, and then COVID hit. So, like, our 2020 season, we had uh, Jimmy Lake as our head coach. But uh, my, my mom's mom uh, was diagnosed uh, with ovarian cancer um, in that tw- in the 2021 year and then later passed away during that season. But I was able to transfer back home to be with my mom and my grandma um, in the last months that she had to live. But then just to be there with my mom, my older brother had transferred from the University of Utah back here down to Provo. So for our family to be together during that time uh, was super big for me. Um, and then everything was just able to work out so smoothly at BYU. Uh, being able to p- play with my brother made it so effortless that I knew uh, we were competing with each other every day and being able to come into an environment where we had both new people being both in-state kids uh, made the locker room super easy to kind of mix with. But then the Polynesian culture and just the way everybody operated in the locker room, because there was a lot more older guys and guys who are married and have kids, the, the locker room was very mature. And so there, there's the daily competition, but it was also like uh, uh, the competition that you get everywhere, but it was also like not, I don't know, we – our body, our team bonding was very different than what I imagined it would be like when I was coming from Washington. So, but we, we had a blast playing ping pong. Like it was like we did everything in the locker room because guys had guys had other commitments as soon as they left. So they enjoy. I enjoyed every moment we get to spend in the locker room with those guys. Having cookouts with the guys wearing jorts and Air Monarchs on the weekends is that something that that took place in BYU locker rooms? A hundred percent. I was gonna say you shot, I thought you were describing Jaron Hall right there. <laughs> Are you telling me that your former quarterback, Jaron Hall, owns a pair of Air Monarchs? I would love to know that, that this is fact. I, I, I would 
I can't 100% confirm that, but I would be willing to bet a good amount of money that I know he has a pair of Air Monarchs. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to get a hold of Jaron Hall and make him take a picture of his closet so we can get visual proof of this. That is that's yeah. something that needs to happen very soon. Um, this, uh, this process for you, um, obviously going Senior Bowl to Combine, how hectic have these last few months been? Because this is kind of, you know, we're in the home stretch now, but from you know, January till, you know, the beginning of March, um, has it just kind of been like a whirlwind? Yeah, it's everything kind of happens so fast. Like you don't even notice. Like you're waking up, you have your schedule of going to work out, like going to catch, going to run routes, going to do receiver work, like and then lifting again, like getting recovery and getting treatment, and then going back to do it all like again. And then it's like you have your 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 benchmarks of like okay, the senior bowl is this week, so you know like then when you hit senior bowl, like okay, there's this many time, but then like and then like okay. From the senior bowl to the combine, there's this much time. But then you you finish the senior bowl, you get back, you're like, oh man, like that was a lot. Like I'm ready to take a break, and then boom, you're like at the combine, you're like, oh wait, what the hell? Like how did this already happen? Like I just opened my eyes, and now I'm here at the combine, and that's why it's like, and now we're we're just like you said, we're on the, the home stretch of like coming coming to the pinnacle of it all. But uh, it it was a blast. I guess like I, I enjoyed every moment. I got to train with the. Uh, I was training. Jaron Hall was right down the street for us, but uh, Jake Hayner, like Terry McKee, CJ, CJ was training with us. Bryce, uh, Michael Wilson, Michael Mayer, like so. I got to to know a lot of guys like while I was training, so it made it super cool and just everybody's kind of where hopefully everybody's journey's gonna go well and I see them in the league in this next year. But um, it was just a blast because we we're just hanging out, like hanging out with the football guys. Like it, it was cool. It was in a different light. I'm still doing what I love every day, but then also like into adventure out in California was nice to do. <laughs> Dude, you talk about guys in a locker room where it felt like a dad environment. I saw Michael Mayer at his podium. He looked like he could punch a hole through a brick wall. He's a ginormous specimen of a human being. Um, a real life tank. <laughs> yes, he, he, he ate us up too when we played them too. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Um, so take me through um, what, what it's going to be like on draft day. Um, you're going to hear your name get called. Who's all going to be at the draft party and uh, how big is it going to be? Uh, I think it would be kind of small. I, I just, yeah. just maybe, yeah, just my family, my close family back here in Provo. Uh, nothing too much. Maybe get hopefully get some good food and have all my nieces and nephews around. Uh, have my girlfriend with me. Uh, but uh, yeah, nothing too crazy. Just like, just been. I know I'm like. I've been thinking about damn what I want to have a big party, but I don't know, that's definitely not my style. I just want to keep it low key, and once I get that call, I just continue to keep working and finally get to play ball. Like that's what I'm most excited for. If I like, get that call, I'm like yo, like I finally I get to play some football. Like let's get to it. Like when can I get out there as soon as possible? <laughs> Good food. What's gonna be uh What's gonna be on the menu at the draft party? Oh, I'm for sure need some like some garlic chicken and some some spam musubi, but then like I also like a good like moist chocolate chip cookie <laughs> like I, i'm a i'm a big bazooki guy so like if we have a chocolate chip cookies like a vanilla ice cream is a must like a simple bazooki always go it's it's nice <laughs> good stuff all around cooking the cool byu wide receiver brother good talking to you uh cannot wait to see what you do at the next level anytime you want to come on here you have an open invitation my friend it's been great talking to you all right yes sir appreciate you all right take care Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.